0: is pretty exciting because it's like bonus content right bonus we didn't we didn't plan to do this we just thought you know what it's the austin texas united states grand prix weekend and we thought heck yeah let's do something on friday before anybody even gets on the track well you can't say before anybody gets on
1: the track because i think i sent you the uh charles leclerc sunset ride on Coda with um,
0: what was playing in the background. It, it was the, the Top Gun theme. Top that Gun was theme, incredible. Man, that <laughs> I don't. <laughs> that know. doesn't get your if that doesn't get your sports weenie tingling.
1: I don't know what will. Yeah, well, I think we got like 20, 22 minutes before uh,
0: first practice kicks off. So, yeah, even though people have been on track, they haven't really been on track, if you know what I mean. But yeah, we're, we're going to just. Chit-chat a little bit about all the fun things, America, Coda, F1, Yeehaw. Texas. Freaking Texas,
1: man. As we say in Texas, Texas is the greatest country in the world. And <laughs> um, I say that jokingly, but also kind of true because neither one of us are originally from
0: Texas, although we both live in Texas now. The line that is always said is, you know, I'm not from here, but I got here as soon as I could. Well, and
1: not only that, I always I, I take a look and I'm like, okay, where have I lived the longest? And the majority of my life I've lived in Texas. So no matter where I've lived previously or where I was born, I'm a Texan now. And so I think we should probably celebrate some of the Texan things that are coming out of CODA.
0: Maybe we're seeing it more because we're here locally in, in Texas. I mean, I say locally, you can drive for 12 hours and still be in the same state. But, you know, Austin's two and a half, three hours away from us. We've never collectively been to the Circuit of the Americas. But it does seem like they're doing a whole lot more bits. Like, they're really doing it up. Uh, the video you sent me the other day was uh, all the drivers being presented with bolo ties and them trying it on. <laughs> like, that was, pr- that was really cool. But it was, you know, it was very entertaining at the same time. I don't really feel like we get that when they're in. Japan or Singapore or Bahrain or any place like that. Maybe they do. We just don't see as much of it. What do you think? I don't
1: think that they do because I've never seen Charles in a Thobe in Bahrain and I've never seen K-Mag eating ketchup chips in Canada, right? So like maybe if we lived there, we would see this a little bit more often, but I'm seeing guys in cowboy hats, boots. I feel like they really embrace it. Yeah. Like there's a whole culture that comes with Coda in Texas that is unlike any other race. And for that, I am going to make a very, very hot sports opinion right now on this Coda. It's the best race of the season.
0: You can't say that. I know you want to say that, and I know you want to believe that, but there's no way in your heart of hearts that you actually believe it's the best race of the season or the best. It might be the best weekend just in terms of your level of enjoyment. It can't be the best race of the season. No, it
1: definitely can. Oh, and man. and I'll tell you why. There's a it's couple hot. of reasons. It's super hot, but that's what we do. We make hot sports opinions here. I
0: love that you're owning your opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love here, that you're owning it. H- and here's why. The first thing is the culture. And we just talked about this. There is so much culture at CODA. There's Tacova boots that are being dealt out in the paddocks and people are running around. I think I saw a clip the other day of Piastri singing um, John Denver, which is not country, but it's a country song. It was him and Lando. Definitely not there. Texas. Not Texas, but it's American and it's country Yeah, to a certain extent. So I'll yeah, take he, it. Partial credit. Partial credit, right? Um, like we said earlier, there's barbecue, there's there's guys playing cornhole in the back. They're putting on fake mustaches. They've got the hats. They've got the bow tie. I mean, like there is a whole experience that comes uh, with Texas and, and the roots are pretty deep, right? Because if we think about Coda, and I did a little bit of research on this, if we think about Coda, Coda was the first U.S. race that took place after a four-year stint of no U.S. racing at all. So in 2007, uh, Indianapolis kind of broke their contract with F1 due to some financial reasons. We went through a four-year stint where there were no races in the United States, F1 races at all. And then in 2012, CODA is the first race. Opens with like 144,000 people. And from that point on, CODA has delivered year in and year out with a spectacular weekend, a great track, a good environment, and hell, last year there were like four hundred and forty thousand people at Coda. This year, it, we might top half
0: a million people. I don't know if I feel one hundred percent on board that it is the greatest weekend, uh, even for us as Americans. Like there's still a whole lot of other races out there that I really hold up very high in my my rankings. But I definitely love the fact that all the drivers seem to just really lean into it. They, the drivers and the teams really lean into being in America, being in Texas more specifically, because I think you can go to Miami like they have the past two years. Two years? Three years. Two years? Two. Two years. Yeah. Uh, 2022 was the first one. You can go to Miami and the culture, there is still a ton of culture in Miami. Don't get me wrong. But it's not nearly as immersive as the culture is down here in Texas. And I think you wind up seeing the same thing as Las Vegas. Las Vegas has a, a culture all of its own, a subculture, but it's very, it's not really ingrained in the population there. It's ingrained in the tourism there. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of what they're leaning into down here in Texas, and it's not just the tourism piece of it, it's, it's more authentic. Oh, it's yeah,
1: it's definitely more authentic. And you know, that that actually kind of brings me to a to another point here when you bring up Miami and you bring up um Las Vegas because think about this. In 2012, first US race in four years, Coda and the guys that run the track and do all the promotion and all that kind of stuff have been doing a fantastic job and have silently built a US foundation for Formula One to grow. If they had not been keeping up with the track, putting great races together, having good events, creating culture, the culture for COTA didn't just come around in the past couple of years. The culture for COTA has always been there, right? And so if they hadn't done that over the past 11 years, we wouldn't have three US races. What we would have is DTS spiking and then not enough tracks, facilities, experience, and promotion to keep up with the U.S. demand. Coda, we, as as Americans, I think we owe a tremendous debt of gratitude as Formula One fans to Coda and what they've done silently in the background to build a, a, a platform and a foundation for Formula One to grow in the U.S. And that's probably, that's the third reason why I think, well, aside from, well, there's some, a little little side note here about the fact that it is a difficult track, but it's not slow. Coda has plenty of room for overtaking. There's a lot of topography. It's a fast track, uh, fantastic turns right before you come, you know, if you've got two or three kind of hairpins right before you come down that straightaway. it's a great, it's fantastically designed track, but if it, if it weren't for Coda, I don't know that we would have the opportunity as Americans like we do to experience Formula One in the way that we do.
0: You want to talk about one of the teams bringing a significant upgrade this weekend? Which one do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Mercedes or Haas? The opposite ends of the spectrum here. It is very opposite.
1: One is one's uh, putting some some downforce via the top of the car and the other one's putting a new floor in. So I'm going to let you decide which one do you think has potentially the most impact um, for this weekend and the rest of the season? And then we'll talk about the opposite one after that.
0: Ah, uh, I don't know if I can. I think the one that would have hopefully the most impact is going to be Haas. I think the more interesting story here is Mercedes. And I say that because based on the uh, quotes that I've been reading from top brass at Mercedes is that they're bringing this here to kind of sort of still figure out if they're on the right track. That's pretty troubling to me. That James, who is it? James Allison. Is that mm-hmm. his name? Uh, yeah, I think so. uh, Technical director or something at Mercedes says, this is going to be a good... Uh, race for us to bring this to because we need to ensure that we're going down the right path. Whoa. You haven't figured out if you're going down the right path on this or not. Like he said, I'm not expecting lap times to change dramatically. This is just going to help us. Like they're still dealing with a little bit of porpoising and the bouncing of the car. Nobody else is talking about that. So they still haven't figured something out since the beginning of last year. And they need track, actual track time and races That not enough is happening in the factory. Not enough is happening in the wind tunnel to figure this out. That's really troubling to me from a team that should be a top-level contender and has been. Very consistent, scoring points, doing great with their driver pairing. But that's pretty troubling to me. I hope they figure it out because I just want somebody near the top to continue to push Red Bull. Uh, And the more competition we have near the top, the better it is for everyone. So I really do hope they figure it out. It's just troubling to me that they're using this as an opportunity on on a race weekend with one practice session and a sprint and then a race. So you've got two qualifying sessions, but one practice, two races, but one practice. So you really don't have a whole lot of time to figure things out. So it just it leaves me scratching my head more than anything else. Yeah, because there's not, a like you said, there's not enough
1: time to figure out what they need to. And I, I don't know if it's so much troubling as it is more just an indication of the way that that, that Merck performs, like the, 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 the standard that they put themselves up to, right? So look, Lewis and uh, George have been kind of saying the same thing for the past couple of races, and they've taken that back. And they said, all right, well, let's make some of these changes Oh, by the way, we're second in the constructor standings, right? We've got uh, two drivers that are up towards the top and and have a, a great opportunity to score fantastic points and place well at the end of the season. And there's only five races left, yet we're still making significant changes to the car to make sure that we're... Um, to make sure that we're competitive. Now, I think that they should probably spend just as much time in uh, establishing some sort of guidelines between their drivers, not knocking each other out or putting unnecessary pressure on one another, uh, in order to complete, you know, two drivers with a race. But uh, yeah, I don't know if it's as, I don't know if it's uh, unsettling or exciting, but either way, it, it should prove something for this weekend
0: for them. Switching gears, let's talk about Haas. They are bringing basically a completely new car. That's what it feels like to me. That's everything that I've seen and read and heard is that they're bringing a new floor, side pods, engine cover, handful of other parts, totally new bodywork. it seems like. And the, <laughs> I saw this interesting stat. The time between when they last brought an upgrade to their car to now is more than the length of time during an entire off-season. I'm not certain that it's going to translate to an overnight turnaround, but it is very interesting to know that they're bringing a B-spec car, a second car that's just completely different than the one they've ran for the first 16, 18 races this season. Well, I'm I'm sure that in their... um their thought process that they
1: can't do any worse than they're doing now. I mean, it's not like, uh, is going to all of a sudden just start picking up and, uh, kicking ass here. The last five races, or although they might, I don't, you know, they've got obviously some, a, a downforce concept. Uh, they've been doing this. a lot
0: better the last few races. I feel like yeah. AlfaTari looks like a better car over the last few races, but it's not getting the points to show for it.
1: Yeah. There's de- I mean, there's definitely no points to show for it. They are making, um, some, some updates. It it does strike me as kind of odd with Haas. When we talk about Merck making some updates and Haas making some updates, it's almost like, yeah, let's bring this new car out here. Let's try it out the last five races of the season. Cause we can't necessarily do any worse than what we're doing. And I think they really needed that, that, uh, sponsorship money from, from
0: MoneyGram to come through. And now the interesting thing, that's very newsworthy. The, uh, Alpine investment from the last week was it was Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Anthony Jordan, Rory, Rory. Anthony Joshua. Sorry, Mm -hmm. Anthony Joshua, uh, Rory, a couple other people, I feel like. But either way, are we going to get the same infiltration into F1 that NFL has seen from the Taylor Swift following? (laughs) (laughs) This is really important stuff. We have to address it.
1: Well, with with Kelsey, there are chances of well, you know, it's funny you say that because didn't Horner say in an interview this past week that in order to get a crowd at Coda, historically, they needed Taylor Swift to get there. And now they don't even know if Taylor Swift could get in because they don't have enough passes, Um, which is definitely not true because that girl could get in anywhere she wants to. But. Yeah. Yeah. I I like seeing this. I like seeing the, the cross genres with the sports, different guys investing in different teams. It's obviously there's a whole group of people. We have, we have them still people in our circle who like football or they like baseball, go Texas Rangers and, uh, still haven't gotten on the F1 train. And so maybe if you see some of these guys like Mahomes and Kelsey investing or Rory investing, um, they'll go, yeah, let's check out Alpine and see Um, see what's happening there. Maybe not the best team to start with, but I don't have an issue with Alpine.
0: But there's now two separate groups have invested significant money in Alpine earlier this year and now. Do you feel like that will produce better results for Alpine? Do you feel like they're going to come up a little bit more and rise to the level of, of performance? And it has nothing to do with the money investment. It has everything to do more with the focus of attention now on them because of these investment partners coming in, I would hope so.
1: You would hope that the more money, the more uh, notoriety that's coming through there, the the better the opportunity is for the team to be able to make adjustments and improvements. Uh, but they've got some driver issues they still need to work through because they've got leadership issues. Well, yeah, they've got issues all over the board. Which is why, but go why ahead I'll with be- your drivers' issues. I want to hear what you have to say about that. Well, I, you know, you can put a really good as we argued about last week and you saw something in your crystal ball that i didn't see because there's some news out on this which we'll probably not touch on today with checo but you can put a fantastic car out on the track but if you don't have the right driver if you don't have a decent driver the car the car can only do so much it's not a tesla it's not going to drive itself right and in the same stint you can have some really fantastic drivers um, out there but if you don't give them the right automobile and maybe this weekend we'll see that with haas is now that they've got the right automobile potentially in place they'll start moving up a little bit more and performing better but there really is f1 is is so unique in the fact that there has to be a really really good balance in place there otherwise you know you could be lance stroll with aston martin or you can be um, uh, checo with red bull at the moment or you can be k mag like there's there's a lot of different options that that take place you've got to have a balance between the two of them
0: All right now I want to get your take on custom helmets that have been brought to Austin this year. We've got four to look at. Um, I have them up on my screen, so for you audio listeners, this will suck, but I'd like to get. I'd like you to rate these, John. I'd like you to give me a 1 through 10 rating on how cool or nice. What's your opinion on these helmets? So the first one is from Ferrari, the Scuderia. Charles Leclerc has brought a field turf green helmet to Austin. It's got the Scuderia, the prancing horse on the, on the front above the visor, but it's all yard lines, and it's got the number 16 for the yardage on it. It says touchdown at Austin on the top. Give me your take.
1: Immediate take on this. It reminds me of the movie Necessary Roughness. Uh, from Scott Bakula. Back Back yep. Yeah. Yep. Great. Kathy great Ireland. Kath- oh, yes. Kathy Ireland. Man, I don't like the helmet. Uh, if we're going to rank these, what are we doing? Out of 10? Like one out of 10? Yeah. Yeah. Give me your 10. Out of 10. It, 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 it's every helmet's going to be above five because I have a bias towards Coda and Austin um so I'm gonna give this one a a six it's just not up my
0: alley I don't like it I'm gonna give you my ranking is that okay yeah well I'd love to hear what you think as well I don't have that bias of like it's gonna be a five or better on every helmet to me this is like a two or a three there's nothing that moves the needle here for me and it's just the fact that it has some sleek lines and and cool color combinations that's the only thing it's got going for it but yeah, this this does nothing for me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a two. Okay, a solid two, solid number two. It's always nice to have a solid number two. Mm-hmm. Carlos brought the Texas flag on his helmet, as it appears to me. The Lone Star State, a lot of red, white, and blue, but not a ton of stars. This seems like you know he's he's really playing up the Texas thing. You know, this is another one where um, I can appreciate
1: what they're doing. There was a better way of doing it, uh, but this is definitely better than the Mean Green. Uh, I'm going with a seven on Carlos, but in your real-world scenario, it's more
0: like a three or a four. Yeah, that's where I'm, I'm sticking this one. This is a four for me. It's not quite middle of the road. It's a little bit underperforming. I like where, where your head's at. They had a great idea. It's just not well executed. Do we think that the limitations in execution from Ferrari are? No, you could have stopped that sentence. Do we feel like the limitations in execution for Ferrari and just left it at dot, dot, dot? Because it doesn't matter. Yeah, (laughs) it doesn't matter if it's helmet design, livery, track performance, like just leave it at that. Pit
1: stops, strategy, tires. Okay, well, then, hey, this is just par for the course.
0: Let's, let's move on to Lando Norris. He brought his 100 Race 100 Stickers helmet. I don't dislike
1: this at all. It's very Austin. It reminds me of if I were sitting in a, not a Starbucks, but some sort of local coffee shop in Austin drinking an overpriced drink with a billion different names. And I looked up at the guy next to me who runs a tech company with his Mac computer. That's what it would look like. I feel like he nailed this. This is a this is a solid. This is like an eight for me. I think he encompassed Austin, whether he realized it or not. This is very very Austin.
0: Yeah, it looks like this. You could replicate this on a lamp post or something like that, where somebody just stuck a bunch of stickers to down on Sixth uh, Street. Like yeah. this looks very. Very Austin, to your point. I'm going to go
1: nine on this. Wow. I love big, it. I that's love a big it.
0: I think it's really cool, and it's a cool way to celebrate 100 races in F1. Okay. Uh, okay. Last one, and I saved what I felt like was the best for last, was the Zhao Yu leather, leather Listen, look. I'm telling you right now.
1: Everything that this man has done this weekend has been top notch. I saw him walk in to uh, check in on the race side, wearing a perfectly fitted pair of cowboy jeans, boots, a shirt—not not flashy, but just—if you would not have known better, he could have he could have been going to the rodeo and would have fit right in. The guy, I think his it.
0: jeans were starched too. I think they had the line in the front. Yeah, there was a
1: lot. Yeah, he. Uh, da- Danny Rick, watch out because we've got a new Texan on our hands here. This helmet is a 10 out of 10. It could not be any
0: better. It is absolutely fantastic. Can't be anything other than a 10 in my opinion. This yeah. is top notch and if you haven't seen it yet, do yourself a favor. Get on Google and uh, or Twitter. ZhouGuanYu24 uh, is the handle. He's got pictures of himself posted with the helmet and the helmet itself. It is just top notch. Even with you know, him, him sitting there in a leather jacket and a cowboy hat with the wood grain in the background. Like it's it's so Texas. I love it. And it's uh the helmet design itself is so intricate and fascinating. They just they absolutely nailed it. 10 out of 10.
1: Well, we are uh we're wrapping up this episode as we are about five, five minutes into the first practice. Cars on track. Uh,
0: cars on track. Cars, cars on, track.
1: on track at Coda. Uh, so we're going to pop off here and uh, and spend a little bit of time watching this, prepping for the race this Sunday, which we're extremely excited about, uh, and the sprint on Saturday as well. It's going to be a really good weekend of racing here
0: in Texas. Oh, man, I'm watching practice on my TV right now as we finish this recording and looking at that uphill straight to turn one. like You play it in the F1 game or something like that. It just doesn't do it justice. I saw mm-hmm. a picture posted by a... Uh, another, uh, podcast host who they, they have a great podcast. I love following those guys, but they're from, uh, the UK and they're in Austin this weekend for the race. And he posted a picture of himself at the top of turn one. And you're just looking down back at the pit straight. And that is a great representation of just how impressive that straight and that first turn is like, that's just, it's so cool. It's one of the best on the calendar, in my opinion. One of the best turns on the calendar for the
1: best race on the calendar, in my opinion. (laughs) You're allowed to have your opinions. I am, even if it's correct. Appreciate you guys joining us uh, this afternoon or this morning, wherever you're listening from, uh, live from Texas.
0: We'll see you next time. Thanks a lot. Adios.